Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Litmer, and I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And my friend, have you ever just kind of leaned back, closed your eyes, and thought, I'd be happy if only, you know how the dream goes, I'd be happy if only I had more money, or I'd be happy if only I had married someone else, or if only I had more friends, or if only I had a better job, or if only I had a bigger house, or surely I'd be happy if my health was better, if only I was younger, or if only my kids would do right. When you think about it, apparently the breakthrough into happiness for so many hinges upon those two words, if only. What do you think? Most of the people in the world today don't have much trouble coming up with their own formula for happiness. Usually it consists of some of the very kinds of things we mentioned before. Wealth, fame, power, maybe just freedom from stress and frustration. If this is what you think about when you think about what it means to be happy, if that is what you conjure up in your mind, then you need to consider whether that kind of happiness is really a worthwhile goal or not. The best way to find out is to consider others who had wealth, fame, and power, and see if those things really did turn out to be the keys to happiness. There is a chapter in the book of Second Chronicles that describes for us a man and his riches that makes so many of our modern-day rich folks seem like downright paupers. That man was Solomon, And the chapter is chapter 9. Looking at verses 13 and 14, we find, Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was six hundred and threescore and six talents of gold, besides that which chapmen and merchants brought. And all the kings of Arabia and all the governors of the country brought gold and silver to Solomon. Consider this now. On a yearly basis, Solomon received 669 talents of gold. If I have the measure right, that would be approximately 960,000 ounces. If we compare that to today's standard of about $1,400 per ounce, we are looking at something akin to 1,344,000 that was brought by Chapman and the merchants. Let's look now at verses 15 through 20. We find in Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold. 600 shekels of beaten gold went to one target. And 300 shields made he of beaten gold. 300 shekels of gold went to one shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. And there were six steps to the throne with a footstool of gold which were fastened to the throne, and stays on each side of the sitting place, and the two lions standing by the stays. 
and the twelve lions stood there on one side, and on the other upon the six steps. There was not the like made in any kingdom, and all the drinking vessels of King Solomon were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the force of Lebanon were of pure gold. None were of silver. It was not anything accounted of in the days of Solomon. How wealthy was Solomon? Wealthy enough to make 2,000 targets of beaten gold and 300 shields of beaten gold. His throne was made of ivory and overlaid with pure gold, and there was nothing like it anywhere else. Every drinking vessel the king had was made of gold, and they didn't even bother with silver. Look now at verses 21 through 28. The Bible tells us, For the king's ships went to Tarsus from the servants of Huron. Every three years once came the ships of Tarsus bringing gold and silver, ivory and apes and peacocks. And King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. And all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom that God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present, vessels of silver and vessels of gold and raiment, harness and spices, horses and mules, a rate year by year. And Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots, and 12,000 horsemen, whom he bestowed in the chariot cities, and with the king at Jerusalem. And he reigned over all the kings from the river even unto the land of Palestine, and to the borders of Egypt. And the king made silver in Jerusalem as stones, and cedar trees made he as the sycamore trees that are in the low plains in abundance. And they brought unto Solomon horses out of Egypt and out of all lands. I don't believe it's necessary to read much more about this. It is apparent that we are talking about someone whose wealth was staggering and growing substantially every year. But even this amazing wealth was not everything. 1 Kings 11 verses 1-3 through tells us that Solomon loved many strange or foreign women, 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. My friends, that is 1,000 women. Surely with all of this he found happiness. But did he? Being king, Solomon could do just about anything he wanted to, and that is exactly what he set out to do. He wrote about this in the book of Ecclesiastes. He was seeking to find happiness, fulfillment, so he experimented. Let's read verses 1 through 10 of Ecclesiastes chapter 2. It says, I said in mine heart, Go to now. I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works, I builded me houses, I planted me vineyards, I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water, to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and had servants born in my house. 
Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold, and the peculiar treasures of kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers, and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great, and increased before then all that before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatsoever mine eyes desired I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Once again, not a whole lot more needs to be said. Surely, in consideration of all of this, Solomon must have been a most happy man indeed. But was Solomon genuinely happy? Believe it or not, he was miserable. And I believe he was miserable because with his God-given wisdom, he was smart enough to know that all of this stuff was not the answer. Look at verse 17, which says, Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. We need to stop right here for a minute, for it is at this point there is another man who comes to mind, someone who would most think of had every right to be miserable. His name was Paul. First, there was quite a bit of earthly honor that Paul gave up in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In Philippians 3, 4 through 7, Paul wrote, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he hath might in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Secondly, Paul did a great deal of traveling under some of the most adverse conditions by foot and by ship. We're not going to take the time to read it now, but Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 28 catalogs many of the sufferings, perils, tribulations, and anxieties that Paul had to go through in his service to Christ. And then to sort of top it all off in 2 Corinthians 12, 7-9, we read, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yes, Paul was happy. You see, true abiding happiness is not to be derived from earthly wealth, or fame, or sexual freedom, or even unlimited power. Paul was a contented man. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, he spoke and said, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. 
Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Did Paul know something about happiness that Solomon in all his wisdom was not able to understand? Something that was hidden from Solomon? No. Solomon knew the basic formula for happiness and he chose to ignore it and to do what he wanted to do and he literally ruined his life. As an older man reflecting on the wasted years, Solomon gave this great advice in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 1 through 7. He wrote, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because there are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened. And the doors shall be shut in the streets, when the sound of the grinding is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and the almond trees shall flourish. And the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail. Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. My friends, his closing words were, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That's it, and there's no secret. Those same principles, if we obey them, will make us happy. And the amazing thing is that it won't matter what our material or physical situation in life may be. But if we choose to ignore these principles, we can do what Solomon did and never really know true happiness. True happiness comes from being a Christian, faithful in your service, Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 7 the following, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You cannot find this happiness just wandering around in the world without Jesus. And you can't find it being uh, some kind of hyphenated Christian, a member of a man-made denomination. If we want to find happiness, which is one of the great blessings given to those in Christ, we're going to have to be faithful members of the actual church that Jesus built, the Church of Christ. If you have not yet obeyed the gospel of Christ, we are encouraging you to do so right now. Believe in Jesus as the Son of God. Repent of your sins, confess that faith in Jesus as the Lord, and be buried in baptism for the remission of your sins. How do you do it?
that's the way. And then continue faithfully the rest of your life until such a time as the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and we shall be able to go home. Interesting words. Thanks for listening.